Have you ever wondered how your sales performance compares against your competitors and peers? The B2B Sales Benchmark Report provides the definitive guide to what success looks like in 2021. See how you compare in terms of win rate, sales cycle, average deal value, relationships, and engagement. You can see the results and get the full report at ebster.com forward slash B2B dash sales dash benchmarks. This is Sales Ops Demystified, the number one most downloaded podcast in sales operations. We invite the brightest minds in sales operations onto the show to deconstruct the why, what, and how behind rep productivity, forecasting, metrics, and all things revenue. This podcast is brought to you by Ebster, the leading customer engagement platform for Salesforce. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Sales Operations Demystified. We're joined by Claire, who is based in Paris. Hello, Claire. Hello, Tom. How are you? Hello, everybody. <laughs> we um, So Claire has extensive experience in sales operations, both in large corporations and smaller companies. Uh, she spent a total of 18 years at Microsoft. Um, and not all of those years are in sales operations, but all in like finance operations and about four years in sales operations. Um, now is it a slightly smaller business running sales operations? Um, so we should hopefully get perspective from larger and smaller businesses. Um, Claire, question number one. Yeah. How did you get into sales operations? Ah, it's a long story. I will say I, I get it, I get it uh, more by chance than by choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I was uh, one of the first sales ops in the business uh, because the job wasn't really existing uh, 20 years ago. Uh, and uh, I will say my journey is really diverse yeah, because I really started as a receptionist. I did accountant. I did a lot of things. I even done uh, two years in Tibet to build some workshop uh, over there. Nice. And I... Yeah, it was nice. I I joined Microsoft in uh, I don't I don't remember in 2000 around 2000 or in finance at the beginning, yeah. Mm-hmm. And after five years, I moved directly into into the business. And into the business, there was a lack lack of uh, of data, I will say, a dashboard data and everything. And uh, me, I was good in data and data insight and uh, and tools and uh, development. Uh, mm-hmm. They were even in Microsoft consider- considering me as a uh, developer which I'm not oh, really yeah then I was playing around a lot around data and uh, from this finance the, the, the need of data finance cannot deliver because there was not enough people in finance uh, then they uh, asked me to continue to do this and they separate the job from finance and they create this new job which, which was now we call this sales operation but uh, I and my path was uh, the different name of this job was field operation manager, business operation manager, sales excellence manager, and now sales operation manager. <laughs> Got yeah. it. So yeah. you were in finance and they had a big need for data about the sales process. 
Yeah. And so they were like, Claire, can you do this work? And then eventually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Because they saw that you had like a knack for analyzing and understanding data. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And s- simplifying also the, the way how to think the, the problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so they offered you that, that work and that role. And, and you were like, yeah, I really want to do that. I really want to be involved in the sales process. Yeah, because I'm very creative. Then I like to create roles. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and be uh, in the middle of the sales process is all the time interesting because uh, you will see all the time in different companies the finance people don't like the sales people the yeah. sales people don't like the finance people or all all over yeah all the different roles they don't like marketing too yeah I will say yeah but there is kind of uh, of uh, gaps between the different divisions and me I like to uh, to connect everybody each other yeah and. Uh, I think to, uh, to, to, uh, then it was a good challenge for me uh, to, to work with everybody. Yeah. So you like making everybody happy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of the first things, I like to make everybody happy, uh, more efficient, more productive, and uh, realize their target, yeah, for, for both parts, yeah. yeah. And what do you think makes an awesome sales ops person? Uh, for me, uh, uh, first of all, to to be a very good sales ops person, you need to be uh, very empathic. Uh, empathy is crucial. You need to get. Uh, also, you need to be also a good listener, because uh, the way that people are telling their story is very important. Uh, to uh, to make uh, your point, your your own vision on on what they are saying, and particularly on on forecast, yeah. When people are telling you the story about what they will finish, yeah, you will see with their body language how they mm. speak to you and everything. If the, if they are telling you the truth or if mm. they are not sure of, uh, yeah, yeah, how they are, then it's one of the, yeah, uh, I will say buttons that where, where you can see in terms of forecast accuracy. The finance, the, the sales up, sorry, should be also should have also leadership, absolutely, because you need to bring. Even you are not a manager of the sales team, you need to uh, to uh, bring them in a journey. You help the, 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 the sales director to uh, to bring uh, all the people on the same way. Mm-hmm. You need to be creative mm-hmm. all the time because you, 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 they ask all the time, every company asks for growth, 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 growth. And you need to help salespeople to see where they can find their growth. Yeah within their territory yeah. by being creative <laughs> do you have a, do you, do you have an example of um <clears throat> when you've been given like the task of growing with a sales rep or reps in the territory and you had to be creative about finding that growth do you have an example of doing that it's really uh, relative to white space and more logical things yeah when you are selling products, yeah, you will say to the guys, you you had sell, you have you have sold this product to this customer, but uh, uh, if you put, uh, did you put yourself in the shoes of your customer, and uh, did you see, uh, did you imagine, can you imagine what what you can need, yeah? Then uh, then uh, one of the things is really this to make some cross sales between the product, mm. and also to have a, a different approach. Uh, putting really, uh, I had to sell those time. Put your your foot into your uh, instead of your customer, and what they would like from you. Yeah, uh, they need solutions. They need growth, same as you, and everything. What you can propose to them, and, and in the way they can propose to them. Yeah, 
for example, yeah, here in uh, Kiribati, we, there is a new solution to, uh, that they have to sell. Yeah. It's not selling, it's more a services. Yeah, and I, mm-hmm. I, I, all the time also ten, telling them how they can sell it for, in, in their speech. You should tell them that you can, uh, you should, uh, they should buy this product because of blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But you should also tell them you can find this, uh, this, uh, this buy, this solution by using this solution. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. I am, I'm quite uh, advisor in the speech, sales mm-hmm. speech. Yeah. And after there is a white space and white space is really mathematical. Yeah. So, so the key is putting yourself in the shoes of the customer and trying to understand what they're trying to achieve and how you can help yeah. them. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Most of the time. Um, do you think that sales experience is necessary to succeed in sales operations? Uh, not necessary from my point of view. I don't have any... Yes, I have sales experience because between Microsoft and, um, and Kiriba, I was in a startup where I was uh, placing some babysitter, completely diverse, yeah, yeah. completely different, yeah. And, uh, and, and I was uh, the sales manager for this, this, this company. But from my point of view, you don't need to, be, um, to, be, uh, to, to, uh, to have sales experience to become uh, sales ops. You need to understand the salespeople. Mm-hmm. You need to... Uh, to uh, uh, selling is also... Uh, when you are a good seller, you like people here yeah, because you like to help the people here yeah, mm-hmm. to, to realize uh, what they want to do here. Yeah. And uh, then I think you, you need to, uh, to, 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 to be a good sales ops. You need to like to help people here. Yeah. This is the first thing, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Because you are really in the between of everybody here. Yeah. All the issue is coming to you here. Yeah. Yeah, 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 a lot of people say that here, that a a massive thing in sales operations is to manage the stakeholders uh, because everybody's requesting numbers from you or salespeople are requesting access or tools from you and you have to somehow make everybody happy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And you need to have also, uh, because you can be in on a very detailed thing and you can also be, you, you have to be in global view. And a detail view, yeah, yeah, mm. and sometimes at the same time, yeah. Then you need to play between detail and global, yeah. yeah with nice. uh, with the general manager, uh, often even in, in Microsoft, the director of the division, or uh, in Kiriba, I'm working a lot with the general manager on strategy. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, so I am from the strategy to the detail of the ah, my CRM, I cannot open this order or this opportunity, blah 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 blah. Yeah. Sure. Um, let's talk about technology quickly. So, do you uh, can you outline your current tech stack that you're using at Kiriba? Yeah, at Kiriba we are using uh, Salesforce. Yeah. Then, uh, yeah. Uh, in Microsoft, it was CRM online. Here is Salesforce. Uh, it's nearly the same. Yeah. People were saying saying to me, Yeah, Salesforce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, for me, it's the same. Yeah. It's <laughs> no, really. Yeah. Uh, I'm using, uh, they are using uh, Wave, I don't know, Einstein within Salesforce, mm. but I'm not using this one because you need to be a developer to use Einstein. Mm-hmm. I'm using Power BI. This is my best tool, yeah. And the best of the best at this time is still uh, Excel, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so did, you, did you mention another tool there called Wave? Wave, you don't know. Wave, is, I no. think it's an add-on to, uh, to, um, to Salesforce. Okay, cool. To do some uh, some dashboard, yeah. Sure. Okay. Um, and anything else? Are you using any like self enablement tools? 
sales enablement tool, uh, no, I will say there is some webinar, yeah, they use webinars, they will use, uh, uh, what they are using, they are using DocuSign, but this is not yeah. sales enablement, there is other tools yeah, in parallel, yeah. Cool. Yeah, but for them it's really, yeah, yeah. And do you have like a favorite sales operations related tool? Uh, for me, it's Power BI, yeah. yeah. Is Excel? Uh, Excel and after Power BI. I think I, I put my hand on the, on the fire. I say, we said this in in France, in France. Mm-hmm. but Excel will be replaced by Power BI or Tableau or this kind of tools in a, in few years. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. But but right now it's Excel. It's Excel because uh, CRM. I think I I didn't I never see any clean CRM. Yeah. You need to rework the data. Yeah. Yeah. And Which- Excel is a good tool to clean the data. Yeah. Yeah. Which leads very nicely onto the next question, which is about um, data quality. How do you manage data quality in the CRM? In the CRM, first of all, I will say I work. I, I, I'm looking. I, I'm making some pipeline every week and pipeline else. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you, you are, and I'm working after with the salespeople when I see some gaps. Yeah, and the gaps I can see in terms of pipeline velocity or forecast accuracy. You know, there is two, 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 two parts in the CRM where the people are putting in their opportunities the velocity of their pipe, if they are in proposal or signature or whatever. Mm-hmm. And in parallel of that, they, they, they will commit on their opportunity. And I say if, if there is no lot of discrepancy between the, between the forecast and the, the sales stage, this is first of all. And after there is all the time also the, this kind of things. Uh, the, the date of the opportunity, the close date is in the mm-hmm. past, or blah blah. Yeah, this I'm correcting with them. Yeah, but I'm pinging them. Please correct your your uh, oh, really? opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Please fill this uh, fill this uh, this uh, field because it's necessary for you. It's not. I explain to all the time to all of them because to make people do some things, you need to explain why they are doing the things. Yeah, mm. and uh, yeah. And most of the time in the CRMs, yeah, they were just filling out what they need, yeah, but not filling the marketing part or or uh, the industry or all the things. And all the time ex- explaining to to them, we need it because if you want this after, we need to have this field uh, filled. Yeah, and so. This is the point a couple of people have brought up: is you have to when you're trying to get someone to do something, explain why they're doing it. So. What do you say to a salesperson? Like, how do you explain why they should update their close date correctly? Like, what's the why that you share with them? Why is the why? And this is good for uh, my finance um, uh, path. Mm. It's good for me because I really explain to them, okay, you you are you are doing uh, your opportunity and uh, what you need in it, yeah. But the finance need need to do forecast, yeah. And uh, uh, and uh, if you want them to get a good forecast, uh, you need uh, to to get the, the, the field field. Yeah, you you explain the challenge of the other division mm. to make them act. Yeah, and I okay. and also tell them if you help them, they will help you. Yeah, if you yeah. don't help them, they will not help you. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So you put it in there. If in their interest to help yeah. finance, yeah, then they finance may help them in the future. Yeah, in the future, yeah, exactly, yeah. Cool. How does your role cross over with the owner of the CRM, or are you owning Salesforce? Are you the Salesforce admin? No, no, I'm not the Salesforce admin. I was a kind of Salesforce admin in Microsoft mm. because I think they are more mature, yeah. 
uh, here there is two guys who are managing Salesforce. Then I'm just going at their desk when, when I need some things. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So you you request things from them. Yeah, to them. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of change territory uh, owners or this kind of things. Yeah. Mm. What um what is the biggest challenge in your role? My biggest challenge in the role is really to to put uh, people in the same uh, on the same line, marketing, finance, uh, and everybody to mm. to to uh, to make them speak each other. Yeah, I will say this is the biggest one. Yeah. So it's managing those stakeholders. Yeah, the stakeholders, yeah. Exactly. And keeping them happy. Yeah, exact, exact, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And make the, make the things done, yeah. Get things this done. Most, yeah, yeah, yeah. Execution is uh, one of the tough parts, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Here's a big challenge. I think this is probably the most popular challenge um, is managing all these people. I'm thinking maybe we will get opinions from all of the people we've had on this podcast about strategies to manage stakeholders because that could be a really useful piece of content I think because yeah. it seems to be everybody seems to be like struggling with that um, awesome okay cool do you have a single metric or, or if you could only use one metric to judge all of your sales reps uh, what metric would you choose it's a uh, release pipeline ve- velocity versus forecast accuracy yeah. oh just just ex- take me through yes, that yeah, yeah. so it would be both of them. So it'd be pipeline velocity yeah. Yeah. and forecast accuracy. Forecast accuracy, yeah. yeah. And in the pipeline, it's really between your weighted pipeline and your pipeline earlier. Yeah. Versus the, 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 the forecast, yeah. But if you only had to, to choose one of those, which one would you choose? Uh, weighted pipeline versus quota, yeah. Mm. Weighted pipeline versus? Quota objectives, yeah. Okay, weighted pipeline. So (laughs) you can tell I'm not in sales operations. Weighted (laughs) pipeline. (laughs) Uh, You know what I mean by weighted pipeline? Yeah, it's really like like, uh, amount of deal versus likelihood of closing. Is that the weighted pipeline? No, no, it's really, Ah. it's it's kind of, maybe maybe we're telling the same things, yeah, but Mm. it's uh, within the different sales stage. You weighted the sales stage by uh, by a percentage, yeah, and you multiply the, the opportunity by this percentage, yeah. Got it. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah, a pipeline may have five million dollars in, but its weighted pipeline may only be one million dollars because. Million of... dollar. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you can see if this, the pipeline is mature or not mature, and uh, mm. and if you have eighty uh, percent of this pipeline in uh, in forecast, I will say. I will say there is a big issue, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Because pipeline is not mature, or your pipeline, the health of your pipeline is bad, yeah. Sure. So do you do this on a weekly basis then? You look at the weighted pipeline and the different stages of the deals in the pipeline for all reps? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and then you'll speak with them and, and you'll try and understand yeah. the likelihood of that coming in. Okay, look. Yeah, exactly. And, I, and it's really at this time that I, they, they tell me their story about each deal, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I say, okay, you de- did the proposal, yeah? You did the proposal, then put in proposal, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> the demo, okay. <laughs> because they are shy, so they don't sit. Most of the time, they reduce their their uh, velocity mm. to be uh, to be more uh, secure, I will say. Yeah. They feel more secure when the pipeline is uh, showing unmature than mature. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so well, 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 if you just repeat that again, so salespeople will under forecast yeah yeah 
instead to put that uh, 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 an opportunity is under uh, under uh, due diligence, I will say, yeah, uh, or shortlist, they will let the opportunity at the proposal stage. Really? Because they don't want to be stressed by the management first, yeah. Because they will say, "Oh, your opportunity is in shortlist. Why you were yeah, well, what, whatever, or mm. uh, it's in contract. Uh, why is not signed yet?" Yeah. Ah, okay, cool. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Because they're going to get they get, the stakeholders are going to be pressuring them. Mm. Um, awesome. Now, final question: Who taught you the most about sales operations? Who told me? What taught do you mean? Uh, taught you. I the taught most. you. Yeah, most uh, I will say myself. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but Claire, myself, I, I I learn I learn sales operation not yes by myself somewhere, but really by the by the insight of everybody. Yeah, cool. I build the, the job by the need of everybody. Yeah, yeah, the insight nice. and the yeah. interesting. So you you're, you're talking about finance, sales, and marketing. Like they've helped you, they've taught yeah. you. Yeah, exactly. Finance, sales, marketing, support also, yeah. Mm. Uh, satisfaction, the people who are managing the satisfaction, is mm. really all the stakeholders, yeah. That has, that has shaped you. That's a really interesting answer. We've never had that before. Um, okay. Awesome. That brings us to the end. So a few things I picked out that I really liked. Um, I like how you mentioned the importance of empathy and how when you're talking with the reps about their different deals, you look at their body language to try and tell actually like what's going on. I thought that was really clever. Um, detailed versus global view, you have to like go and strategize on the approach with management, but then you also have to go and work with a rep like directly on their challenges. Um, and then explaining why when you're trying to get people to do stuff. Um, and one way of doing that is by saying that if you help finance, e.g. with forecasting, then they might help you in the future. Um, so Claire thank you so much for coming on you're welcome and we will speak to you soon okay perfect thank you thank you for your time too yeah thank you for listening to this episode of the sales ops demystified podcast if you are listening on a podcast listening application then please subscribe rate and review And if you have any questions about the show, if you know a guest or if you have any questions about sales operations, just hit me up at tomhunt at ebster.com. That's tomhunt at ebster.com.